listeners, you are listening to Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM and ExcellentCultures.com. Also on iTunes and Stitcher for you Android users. And we want to make sure that you are rating the show. Give us a rating today on how well we do. I know that you'll want to give me five stars out of five stars, and you want to give my co-host Steve Gandra about one and a half. But uh, we're glad that he's here. Is that your new attempt at... Uh, pre-show humor. It's pre-show culture bashing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is what it pre-show is. Pre-show culture bashing. So I'm your host, I'll, take, I'll take a one and a, one and a half as long as you yeah, okay. tell the truth about our guest. That's all right. Well, got some great you ones. get to tell the truth about the guest. I get to finish introducing myself, the host, Zach Gandra, and with me, as always, the inimitable, immutable Steve Gandra. How you doing, Steve? It's nice to be um, inimitable as well as immutable. Yeah. I think last time, last you week you call me immutable yeah well immutable is a good thing at the right time shut the person up well you know god gave you two ears and one mouth you should learn to listen (laughs) (laughs) although not today today's a a great show we've got some great guests with us but before we get to that we want to let you know that we have a uh, achieving excellent cultures workshop coming up july 21st and 22nd are those the right dates steve that's the right dates and it's uh bellevue uh washington and you can sign up right now at excellent cultures.com slash events or just go to the excellentcultures.com homepage first slider you see is the uh, achieving excellent cultures i've been kind of promoting that steve as if you if you are tired of of the office drama like why don't let, let's stand up and do something about it and you can do that by signing up right now at uh, excellentcultures.com slash events or just excellentcultures.com don't do like think? office drama don't office drama makes working not fun in this day and time we have enough drama with our government on television and at home we don't need drama steve what was what was your least favorite off what's your least favorite office drama my least favorite office drama is everybody whining because they didn't get (laughs) what they wanted sounds like me growing up Uh, every day (laughs) stop whining that sounds like when we used to go shopping when I was a kid, and you would tell me to get a job. Yeah, you would say, I want I it, five. I want it, and I want it. And I'd I say, just yeah. want a Hot Wheels. No, you were I was 15. Five. I was you five. were 15. All right, well. I would say, I'd tell you to get a job and sing that get a job song, and your mom that's would what just I'm saying. buy it for you. And I was four years old. I mean, I was like, I don't know what you want me to do. The child labor laws in America are pretty Yeah, tight. they are. All right, why don't you introduce our guests? So uh, some, uh, special ones today. Two great guests today, um, Tom and Sean Hoban. Uh, the Hoban brothers from uh, Coast Property Management up in Everett, Washington. Uh, Sean Property's has been on the over. show. Yeah, Sean has been in the on the show before, talking about about their great culture. We asked um, both Tom and Sean to be on the show today because recently uh, they have just done some wonderful things with their business. We'll get them to tell you about it shortly. But um, these are two world class leaders. I know we have the excellent cultures data to prove it. And um, their people and their performance follows, as does with great leaders. Yeah. So, guys, you're on. Welcome, Tom and Sean Hoban. That's our clap track. <laughs> that, that was, Is that the one guy that, clapping? That was Zach, that was Zach clapping. That was Zach clapping. That was Zach clapping. We can't you know, fit a studio you know, audience we, in here. Yeah, so. we could probably get a clap track. I mean, well, we, we talk about it enough. We should get it. I so, like the one clap clap track. <laughs> so, guys, tell us, tell us about... Tell us about yourselves and your business. Just before we start, you know, Sean and I uh, bumped together, and then 
went to Notre Dame a few years apart from each other, and I'm still trying to figure out what inimitable and immutable <laughs> means. Come on, guys. It's Catholic like, school education. Yeah, you no, should it's, it's, it's Notre Dame teaches teaches football. <laughs> right. Teaches football. The fighting not Irish. grammar. They, football and drinking? Is yeah. That no. <laughs> Foot, football stop, and stop now. Stop now. <laughs> football and fun. Football and fun. All right. Well, there's nothing yeah. else to do in Indiana, I guess, yeah, but football. Right. Yeah. Hey. We're we're both we're in separate rooms talking to you, but uh, we're both delighted to be here. Thanks for having us, guys. Yeah, awesome. we're, we're glad, glad to here. have you. We're glad to have you. So, Tom, why don't you why don't you start and uh, tell folks uh, a little bit about you know how how the business got started and what what you are today compared to the pickup truck and the toilet plunger and the stepladder days, and <laughs> yeah, and and uh, and then we'll get Sean to talk about. You know how he how he joined the business and what you guys are doing now. Oh yeah, well we really co-founded the business. I just had to wait for my much more talented, smarter, better-looking, more athletic, but little brother to graduate from college before you know he could jump in. So um, he is smart uh, and good-looking. I don't know about the athletic part. <laughs> well, we uh, yeah we've had a great run here for I don't know, Sean twenty twenty eight years, almost three decades now. Doesn't feel like it. Um, yeah, so, you know, in spite of the fact we both earn, you know, business degrees from a pretty good uh, school, um, uh, I came out into banking, and he was in sales just for a little bit uh, before we got the bug to start this. Um, you know, we, you know, really did everything wrong when we started it. Everything we learned in business school we didn't do when we started it. I, I was... Uh, Frustrated with the property management firm I worked for, thought that the industry would be maybe more like banking or other service businesses that have a fiduciary culture where you really wake up in service to others and you think of others and their best interests first. And and while there were some people doing that in the business, there weren't many. So uh, kind of stuck in a bad environment there, I decided almost out of spite and maybe to prove something to me myself at 25 that you know, I could probably do it and do it better than those guys, you know, one of those kind of young guy deals. And uh, that's about what happened. So I literally had to be, you know, chief bottle washer and, you know, and uh, contract negotiator and used everything from, you know, what I learned in the halls at Notre Dame to what we learned, both of us growing up, you know, in a blue collar part of the world where you work with your hands. And it wasn't until Sean was able to free up and come out from Chicago that, uh, we're able to get at it in earnest, so I had a little bit of a, a pickup truck and a plunger story there for a few months. So, but you got, weren't you injured, and then Sean came on board to help you out? Yeah, that kind of moved it fast, didn't it, Sean? Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, uh, so Tom had started the company and was maybe six months, 12 months or so into it, and uh, uh, I had uh, graduated from school, gotten married, and had started a family already was working for a uh, uh, pharmaceutical company back in Chicago and uh, we came out to visit uh, my family for a week and the first weekend we were here Tom uh, was messing around with some of his uh, nephews uh, uh, just as it was his girlfriend's nephews at the time uh, Margaret's uh, uh, nephews and and uh, fell and and broke his back and oh so, uh, that happened the first weekend we were here. So on Monday, I went into his office just trying to be a good brother and called his handful of employees and clients and just said, hey, you know, I'm Tom's brother, and he's laid up in a hospital bed, but I'm here for the week, and 
happy to help out whatever I can do. And then, you know, sometime between Monday and Friday, uh, we, Tom and I, you know, talked about, uh, you know, maybe making a go of this together and, and, uh, uh, we've still got the, got the, the, uh, paper framed on the wall that talks about how we were going to put this uh, deal together. We were grossing about four thousand dollars a month at the time, so it was a pretty skinny operation. A napkin uh, deal, a napkin deal with this with those skinny cash flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I went back and and uh, you know turned in my uh, resignation at my job and uh, packed up the family in a U-Haul and we came out to. Uh, Seattle and and uh, you know the rest is kind of history from there. I think you know Tom and I never really had grand plans or even discussions about ever being in business together, but had a great relationship as brothers and you know the kind of trust that you only have when you're when you're family and um, and we knew that if we put kind of his skills and my skills together, we could probably do something pretty significant and um um you know those early years it was really just the two of us kind of doing everything but uh over time what we found is probably more important than our skills in in the real estate world was our ability to run a business and to lead people and and attract you know talented uh folks who align well with our values and our and our vision for what we could be and and you know today we're a company of you know, probably over 400 employees and, uh, you know, pretty significant operation is one of the largest firms uh, in the region out here. So how many so been, how many units do you do you guys manage now with your four to five hundred employees? Yeah. So um, there's kind of, uh, you know, two worlds of property management that we serve. The first is on the multifamily apartment uh, side, and we manage about 15,000 units of that uh, kind of product all across Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Western Montana, Alaska, so kind of a northwest uh, footprint. Uh, that's uh, that's uh, you know 250 or so different properties that we manage in in that region. So it, it's a sizable operation. If we're not the largest in the region, we're certainly one of the top two or three. And then we also have a, a division that manages commercial properties, so office and retail, industrial, those kinds of products, uh, all up and down the. Um, uh, you know the Northwest uh, Coast too, and and that's about uh, six million, seven million square feet of of that kind of product. So another hundred, hundred and fifty or so pro- properties uh, in that portfolio. So, you know, it's a it's a sizable operation and and a real going concern. And uh, you know, proud of what we built today. It's it's a lot less about Tom and Sean and more about everybody else that's in the organization and all the um, you know the good work that they're doing out there. Yeah, but I, I think the the amazing testimony of of the value that your business adds to your clients is, you know, the, all of these, you know, 350 ish properties, both, you know, of the residential side and the, you know, the business or commercial side, uh, these are property owners that are hiring you to manage their properties for them because you can do it more efficiently, more cost effectively and with greater excellence than they can do it themselves. I mean, that, what a, what a huge, testimony for the value of service that you add. Well, we have to be, this Tom, we have to be better than what they could do themselves, but we have to be better in our competition, too. So we're, you know, one thing that, and I jumped in here because Sean's, you know, too modest to say so, but uh, I'm competitive, uh, but boy, Sean really likes to compete and win. And when you take that energy and put it into this business, what's come from that is that uh, we built, you know, we don't, 
in a service business, you really don't have any patents of any kind, but we kind of call them patents internally, you know, four or five things that we do differently than anybody else that we really think are unique processes that we deploy. Those allow us to outcompete our, our, our competitors in most cases. So that's what's fun is not only, as you noted, Steve, being able to relieve the owner of the burden of managing property, but even in the property management community trying to be, you know, just a bit better than everybody else. We're not a perfect fit for everybody, um, but what we do well with, we, we, you know, we go after pretty hard. And it's great fun because, you know, that's kind of the whole idea for us is to build this team of people, no matter what we're doing, where we're all sharing in the experience and, you know, kind of high-fiving when we make touchdowns. Touchdowns in this business are, you know, continuing to manage and serve owners. Well, I thought you guys were competitive, but I, I, I discovered for sure how competitive you were when I saw the play like a champion sign, just like the Notre Dame locker room has, and watch you guys joust to see who was going to get to slap it first going down the back stairs out of your office. We, we, have, we have Michigan, Texas, USD people working here. We make them slap that. (laughs) I love it. All right. Speaking of competition, uh, we're going to pay for some competition commercials right now and take a break. We'll be right back with Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM and excellentcultures.com. You're listening to Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM. Remember when your company was awesome? It was you against the world. Successful strategy, to-do list done, supersonic growth. But over time, the sharp edge gets dull, and good is good enough. Why? Because companies forget that bigger is not always better, that politics crush people, innovation, and creativity. And before you can say rotten corporate culture, social media posts are infecting your business. The answer? It's not just your corporate strategies, it's your corporate culture. Excellent companies know that bad culture eats great strategies for breakfast. These guys really get it. Whether you're a family biz or a Fortune 500, or a new biz and want to get it right, Excellent Cultures can bring you back to awesome, because they get it. What they know for sure? You don't need another consultant. Excellent Cultures gives you what you need to get what you want. Bottom line business results that last. How do they do it? With successful business leaders as coaches and proven scientific data. They read your company's culture from inside out. Think MRI. They give you fast, accurate bottom line tactics. They don't treat symptoms, they go for the cure. Based on science, they reveal the hearts and minds of your people using proven and concise data not warm and fuzzy psychobabble. And here's the kicker. You get supervisors who coach and inspire, workers who love their work, and everyone, that's everyone, not just the boss, takes ownership and accountability. It just doesn't get much better than this. And if you're wondering if Excellent Cultures works, just ask a few of their grads. Don't let the culture monster eat your strategy for breakfast. Check it out for some free advice from one of their experts now, or start it yourself with their complimentary online business culture MRI.
Hey, everybody. You're listening to Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM and com. Again, with us today are the Notre Dame brothers, Tom and Sean Hoban of Coast Real Estate. Uh, what am I? Ser- services. Coastmanagement.com. Coast Real Estate everything. Coast Real Estate Masters. Everything. You know, Coastmanagement.com, right, guys? Is that the website? Mm-hmm. Yep. Coastmanagement.com. So the, one of the reasons that I, I wanted to have these guys on this particular show is uh, in, in our world at Excellent Cultures where the last three decades plus we've been working with firms to help them build great cultures. That word culture is so misunderstood because everybody talks about it, but it means something different to everybody from the cuisine in India versus the cuisine in Mexico or Latin America. But with these guys, uh, as you, you've kind of gotten the gist and listening to them, these, are, these guys are competitors. They're, they're business leaders. They've grown from a small mom and pop, you know, brother to brother business, you know, to four to 500 employees. And as you just heard him say, they're managing 15,000 plus units uh, across the state of Washington in a very, you know, and the region outside of just Washington in a very competitive business. Um, you know, I know that to Tom and Sean, uh, culture means high performance and business success and not just a warm and fuzzy environment where everybody comes to work and hugs each other and smiles, but in fact, uh, outlasts, outpasses, uh, surrounds, and takes over the competition and does it in a way that, um, you know, the people at Coast, if you had the opportunity to talk to them, most of them have been there for the, the large majority of their business lives, and they just keep on growing. So, guys, take a few minutes and just kind of share, you know, what your vision for a culture of ethics, values, and employee engagement is. Well, maybe I'll take first swing at it, Sean, and, and uh, this is kind of how it works for us, by the way. <laughs> I usually <laughs> come up with some <laughs> high-level you know, line off the top, and Sean will bring it home. So Sean you know tells us the, what it really means. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, uh, what do they call that, outside guy, inside guy? Now, you know, look, I, I've thought about this differently uh, in very recent times. You know, we, we uh, you know, we were well-led in the family that we grew up in. We, um, But we've been in real bad institutional settings, too, you know, uh, you know, whether it was, you know, through high school or, you know, some – job we didn't like or you know whatever and so we've seen good and bad uh, our experience at college uh you know the school like notre dame is led by you know humble servant leaders and it runs pretty well um so you know somewhere in there we kind of combined all that to define our leadership style which was one of service a, ser- a humble servant leader style um you know the the culture of service to others where i will always be taken care of if i think of others interests first well, that's a perfect fit for property management, uh, brokerage, lots of the service lines that we've created off this business is that when you just take care of other people, there's always a fee in there somewhere. It's usually a fair fee. And if we can run the business well enough to earn a little bit of a profit from it, then it's worth our while to do that. And then tomorrow we get to wake up and serve people. Right. So it's just been a natural fit for us. I don't know, Sean, is that, is that pretty close? Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's spot on. I think, you know, um, you know, in the early days, uh, you know, the business was more about just, you know, uh, carving out a little piece of the market so that we could uh, we could survive. And, you know, we were busy growing families and having kids and buying diapers and doing all that. So it was more about just, uh, you know, surviving day to day. But what happens over time is, you know, as you as you bring in other 
people into the organization and 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 you really understand the the you know the customer and the client relationship uh, then it really becomes about value and how do you how do you drive value and how do you bring results and and improve the lives of those around you uh, not only from you know from the client perspective but also from the the employee and the and the you know the team member perspective these these folks who have come to our organization have you know committed the best years of their working lives to us and we feel a great deal of responsibility to create an environment where they're going to have opportunities to grow and create wealth and and um, you know accomplish all the the goals and and objectives that they have in their lives and and so that's really what drives us today it's it's about um, you know it's about bringing value to the customer bringing uh, you know, enhancing their real estate so that they can accomplish their goals, and and whether that be strictly from an investment perspective and driving profit and cash flow and and increasing the value of their real estate, or if it's a, you know, if it's like an owner occupied op- operation or a mission driven organization, this is about understanding and aligning with what their mission is and and what their their business model is, so that uh, we can we can create and design all of the management infrastructure and and systems to to achieve that uh, and then on the employee side it's you know understanding what people's goals are and where they want to be in life and what's important to them and and uh, you know where they um, um, where they want to spend their time and and what things they want to do and creating an environment where we can capitalize on the skills and the expertise that they have uh, to allow them to grow into a, a role and a responsibility and a leadership position where um, you know they can maximize all of those and 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 live a good life. Well, one of the things that um, that I really admire in the kind of leadership that you guys have developed and produced, you know, as you you so well know, and <clears throat> many of our listeners know, especially on our podcast, that. Um, you know, uh, what you think you're doing with your leadership and the message that you think you're sending and the value that you think you're adding isn't always necessarily what's being received on the other end. And uh, what I admire so much about the two of you as well as your team is, uh, you know, when you looked at the data and found out that uh, what you were sending wasn't necessarily what you wanted to send, uh, just your level of transparency and willingness to sit down and talk to your folks and make the improvements and changes in a very, very effective, coachable fashion that just resulted in a huge success. Not just you, but all of your leaders. Um, you know, that to me, you know, a lot of people, every, everyone that's in business thinks they're great or they wouldn't be in business. But, you know, typically what we think is not necessarily what we are. And the real key is when we find out, you know, when data and science tells us the truth, uh, the changes that we make and the adjustments that we implement um, you know, tremendous job on, on both of your parts, on both of your parts. You know, I've watched you guys improve and grow, and you, you, you just keep doing it. It's, you know, you never do it alone. So we've only known one way to do it, and that's to kind of lean on each other. And then the next person that came in was part of that team and that family culture all the way up to the, you know, three or 400 people that call them, we call them Coasties, and they call themselves proudly Coasties, and it's all – really an extension of family values that just kind of part of who we are uh and steve your you know your your view into it and your help have been part of that you know sometimes you just have to put a label on these family values that's 
not the same as you'd use inside your intimate little family, uh, but everybody wants that. And if you think about it, Sean, all the different, you know, gosh, some of these people have been on this journey with us for 20 of the 28 years, 15, 18, 11. I can think of so many of our key leaders and people have been out in the field, and some of them have been through horrible circumstances, deaths in the family and, you know, divorces and uh, loss of a child, all the sort of things that go on with human life. And many times this is the place they come to for their base and stability because yeah. this family loves them up. I mean, it's hard to do this work, but at least they know that they're treated well and yeah. they're respected. And we seem to have kind of built that somehow. Yeah. How do you guys do that over multiple states? You know, well, it's like that's a got, little harder. Yeah. You can't you can't Skype it. You right? know, you, you, you <laughs> gotta get there a little ways. I don't know, Sean. You. You know, how to, you know, we've been fortunate to hire people that have those values baked into who they are, and that's been a lot of it is hiring, right? Yeah, what that makes sense. Say that? Yeah, I, yeah, I think it all starts there. It's, it's you know, uh, 90% of the work is done when you get the right people on the right team. And right. so um, when we, um, you know, when we go out to recruit and, and, uh, and hire for positions, you know, we spend, uh, we spend a lot more time just on making sure that the values of of the individual align with the the values of our organization uh than we do on any sort of you know skill set that 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 we may need in terms of the you know the techniques and the and the tricks of of being in the real estate business um because it's you know it's it's more about working together and working as a team uh than it is about anybody being a you know a lone wolf out there um who who may be super skilled but may not necessarily uh fit in well with the culture and and so you know it starts with getting the right people in the right places doing the right things at the right time um and then and then from there it's about you know a consistent messaging from uh from the organization about who we are and what we do uh, and then when we see people who are achieving and doing the things that that um, um, that are bringing success to us, we we recognize the heck out of them. It's you know celebrating all those great things that they're doing out there, so that they become sort of the role models that others can see and and, and achieve. We don't spend a whole lot of time on you know disciplinary issues. So we, right. If we've got an issue, we take care of it and move on. Uh, but we spend, you know, tenfold more on celebrating uh, the good things that are done out there, so that um, continue to enhance the uh, performance and the and the expectations that we want. Well, one of the things that really impressed me, you know, when we first started talking about how excellent cultures might help you uh, improve your business, you know, you you had a, a growing business that was just rap, you know, drastically in need of reorganization. I think, Sean, at that time you had like 20 or 22 different leaders reporting to you and your calendar was just as packed and full as it could be. But in the context of the transformation, when we got all of your leaders involved and they took a look at their data very transparently and saw where their culture and how they really were acting and how their people were really receiving it didn't match what they wanted it and went to work on the changes, good golly, you know, ended up in, in promoting four of your leaders from within uh, reorganize the organization in such a way that not only did did no you lost no people you know who's ever gone through a reorganization and never lost a single person lost no people everybody's still there performing in different roles and different functions uh, increase the effectiveness of the organization uh, you know your your uh, you know revenues are up ten percent your cash flow is up fifty four percent two hundred and 
25% ROI on the project itself. Uh, those kind of, I mean, that's a miracle. Those kind of things don't happen. And what, what, what you and your team did with respect to the leadership of making adjustments and rearranging and reorchestrating is admirable. I mean, can you kind of share with our audience your thoughts, your feelings of, of what it was like to go? And I mean, and this wasn't a long time. You're talking about a couple of years. And well, you, you did most of it in a year. And we need to come back to that after the break. So, Steve, remember that, because I'll have you open up and you just bring that question okay. after the break. Okay. Guys, you are listening to Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM. Thanks again for listening and excellentcultures.com. Uh, we'll be right back with Tom and Sean Hoban of Coast Real Estate Services. Remember when your company was awesome? It was you against the world. Successful strategy, to-do list, done, supersonic growth. But over time, the sharp edge gets dull, and good is good enough. Why? Because companies forget that bigger is not always better, that politics crush people, innovation, and creativity. And before you can say rotten corporate culture, social media posts are infecting your business. The answer? It's not just your corporate strategies, it's your corporate culture. Excellent companies know that bad culture eats great strategies for breakfast. These guys really get it. Whether you're a family biz or a Fortune 500, or a new biz and want to get it right, Excellent Cultures can bring you back to awesome, because they get it. What they know for sure? You don't need another consultant. Excellent Cultures gives you what you need to get what you want. Bottom line business results that last. How do they do it? With successful business leaders as coaches and proven scientific data. They read your company's culture from inside out. Think MRI. They give you fast, accurate bottom line tactics. They don't treat symptoms. They go for the cure. Based on science, they reveal the hearts and minds of your people using proven and concise data, not warm and fuzzy psychobabble. And here's the kicker. You get supervisors who coach and inspire, workers who love their work, and everyone, that's everyone, not just the boss, takes ownership and accountability. It just doesn't get much better than this. And if you're wondering if Excellent Cultures works, just ask a few of their grads. Don't let the culture monster eat your strategy for breakfast. Check it out for some free advice from one of their experts now or start it yourself with their complimentary online business culture MRI. We're back, everybody, and this is Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM and com. With us is Tom and Sean Hoban of Coast Real Estate Services. And, Steve, you had just alluded to a really important culture question and business leadership question. You want to go back into Well, that? what I was asking the guys was, uh, you know, with respect to this huge transformation where, you know, reorganize the whole organization uh, promoted four people from within to senior leaders who now lead other people. Um, didn't lose a single body. Everybody's still there. Uh, and every metric that measures the success of the business improved in the midst of this reorganization and transformation. Uh, I was just asking the guys for their comments on, you know, how in the world they could pull something like that off. <laughs> 
don't know, Sean, you want to? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah I, I'll start there. I, you know, I think there's, um, you know, I think there's two two ways that a you know that a leader like maybe the position I was in and, and Tom and I were in, uh, you know, before we started work, working with excellent cultures. I think there's two things that kind of stand in the way of of you know moving people into the right place, uh, doing the right things. And 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 the first is I think a certain amount of just um, you know, not having the the confidence uh, in the people and 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 feeling that you know nobody can do the job as well as I can, so I've got to do it all. Uh, and then the other is you know a lot of the stuff that you do that isn't that fun to do, and 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 so sort of the you know benevolent uh, or paternal role there of you know I'm not going to uh, ask them to do things that that you know that aren't uh, that aren't fun and that I wouldn't wouldn't want myself to do, and so I wouldn't want them to do it. What was what was very interesting and revealing in the whole process was, you know, when you when you give people authority and you grant them the the uh, the uh, you know the opportunity to um, to take on more responsibility, the the way they responded to it was just um, you know just overwhelming in in terms of the of the the energy and the and the expertise and the and the skills and and really even to some extent looking at it from a different perspective than than we ever had so you know we got them to to quickly jump on board and say yeah i'm ready for that job and and you know here's here's the way that that i see us being successful and brought some really good ideas to the table that we hadn't been doing before and and yeah there's parts of the job that aren't fun for everybody but quite frankly in a lot of cases they handle it better than we did because we had limited time and energy to put to those things and and they've got you know a closer connection to what's happening and and able to really make those make those uh decisions uh you know with with all of the the facts uh, um you know uh, um analyzed and and reviewed and and in part of their decision so um you know i think that that you know what was important in terms of setting the table and and the understanding around it was that you know this was a this was a transition this was a change that we were making so that they could be successful and they could um you know continue to grow with the organization and and quite frankly if we weren't able to make that transition we were probably going to plateau where we were and and not be able to have those kind of breakthrough uh excuse me have those breakthrough um events where you can uh take the business and move it to a whole new level yeah 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 so tom a uh, question for you thank you sean a uh, question for you in in talking with dale hints the excellent cultures leadership coach that's been has spent lots of times working with your key leaders one-on-one as well as yourselves i asked him to describe the difference in the culture change that happened you know in a few words between you know when we got started a couple of years ago and where you're at now and he described it as Originally, you had a culture full of managers who reported results to the owners, and now uh, you have a culture full of of leaders who essentially uh, shape the results and are accountable to achieve set goals that are all about uh, them setting them and working towards them, and that their expectations oftentimes exceed the expectations that you had for them before. Um, how in the world could you could you get that shift in everybody's mind as effectively as it has been? Well, I think I think Dale and 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 that support just showing up and then watching and then them watching us 
validated that we were serious this time, that we really, you know, I think we've always been good at rescuing, you know, any business owner will know this as they grow their business. You know, you're, you, you are the business at the beginning, and then you're kind of an important part of it all the way through. And there's that point we were just growing to the point where we literally couldn't be in everything and something was going to break, so we had to build that bench and prove to them that we really were going to give them the reins. I think along that trail, we'd given them a, a, a bit of rope, the way you sort of do with your kids, but, boy, we kind of held tight on that rope, and we watched it, and the minute the rope you know, went the wrong direction, we pulled it back in real quick. Didn't do that this time. And uh, I think having somebody else like Dale in the room uh, to, to coach them up and get them to believe, no, these guys are serious this time. This is your baby. You go and then watch them go and then have them succeed doing it, that validated for them that they could, and it validated for us that we should. Yeah. It, uh, it, it, it appears to me as I look at it, it's what you have now among your, your leaders is a, is a culture of ownership, and this isn't about who owns the business. This is about who owns how the business is led, how the business is run, how the business is functions, uh, functions and you know who raises their hand voluntarily and says I'll be accountable instead of bosses saying this is your job I'm holding you accountable and I mean that's huge yeah 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 no it's been it's been fun it's been hard too you know it's kind of funny uh you know we, Sean I just graduated the young we're you know we're a couple of Cali guys so we got tons of kids right so we just graduated our youngest from high school and at the very same time we're kind of asking our our business leaders here to take charge and grow and be and and really own this thing together uh you know we sort of watched our you know our personal lives change that way where these kids have all kind of built and grown up and gone off on their own and it's been kind of fun uh but the parallels are, are really remarkable how you how you kind of let go and you you test and you see how things go what's different is that we had dale and support in the room to kind of help help make sure that the fall was short right it was you know we get up quick and go back in and give people tools. So I think that's what's been a surprise. You ripped off the return on investment numbers, and, you know, we didn't have to take a step backwards and take a step forward. We yeah. just kept going forward, forward, forward. Yeah, pretty yeah. that's amazing. That's amazing. So, guys, um, you, you've been around the block, obviously, for a while uh, and are not, not novices to your business. Um, you know, we've got these new uh, statistics from the Gallup organization telling us that, you know, 70% of American workers are effectively disengaged in their jobs. 18% now say on the confidential poll they hate their jobs. And most common reason is, that, you know, they hate their boss. People, you know, quit bosses. They don't, they don't quit organizations. Uh, and that's just the opposite of what you have at Coast as indicative of these, these business success numbers. Um, you know, what advice can you, can you give to other business leaders who are listening who you know are, are are caught in the crosshairs of engagement surveys and talking about engagement and recognizing that you know the survey isn't what does it it's the the changes in the transformation and the leadership that does it you know what I, you know, what input can you give them yeah i'll take a run at that sean just because I, I got a completely different way of of answering that than any of you might be thinking here uh this is what they call compelling radio here zach <laughs> I love it. We love it. We love it. <laughs> no, no, I I have a, a friend, a guy I went to college with, who became the athletics director at a major university uh, in the United States here. And uh, 
and, and he's had football and basketball success everywhere he's gone. So how do you do that? Everybody wants to have their college team be successful in those two big sports. How do you do it? And he says, I only hire coaches who are virtuous in every area of their life. Wow. Every area of their life. If they compartmentalize parts of their life, their players will too. Yeah. Well, you know, it's an exaggerated environment when you're dealing with 19-year-old young men and, you know, how important and different it is to manage them than grown adults. But I, I say to, you know, if we don't have our heart right as leaders, if we've compartmentalized parts of us and, we, and, the, and the values and the culture we want others to adopt are just slogans, but we really live this other life, this duplicitous sort of environment, they are, they are afforded that too. Why would they do that for us when we aren't even doing that for them? So that's why, you know, I, look, we're flawed and we're all those things for sure. We're just, you know, ordinary guys trying to do extraordinary things. But, but you know, in our hearts, we, are, we think we're doing this for the right reason. And so we at least ask them to engage in that same way. How skilled they are at the work, how good the outcomes are, that's a whole separate issue. Right. But we have, to be, we have to be honest about why we're in it and what, how we see them to ask them to do the same for us. We're no better or different or bigger or more powerful than them. That's kind of the premise of it. Did I? <laughs> I think that's a huge. I think that's a huge point that it, as Americans, we're really good at compartmentalizing. Oh yeah. And we forget that that's impossible. Like you are who you are, who you are, who you are. Like you just you are who you are. And if you compartmentalize, eventually all that stuff starts squeaking together and. And so I think that's beautiful. I think what you well, said is could, really important. You put it in those, you know, uh, uh, you know, sports analogy terms. I mean, you can be a really good eight and three team every year sure. with a compartmentalized leader, or you can be a, a, a country, you know, led by someone with a compartmentalized life and do okay. You just can't do great. Right. You can't do that's excellent. Good. That's, that's a, huge a whole point. different deal. The greatest things, the greatest leaders ever, have not had compartmentalized lives. Absolutely. They have been pretty well virtuous in area that's we, a huge area that's we're a huge just area. trying you know we yeah. are i'm not saying that we are i'm just saying that we're no. trying all the time i'm not sure there is a level of perfection in humanity so i think we're all trying like that's that's the point we got to go into our last break guys and uh you guys don't want to miss this listeners you don't want to miss this last uh section where tom and sean are asked to put their coaches hat on and steve's got those coaching questions ready to go you're listening to biz culture matters on clay 1180 a.m and excellentcultures.com. We'll be right back. Remember when your company was awesome? It was you against the world. Successful strategy, to-do list, done, supersonic growth. But over time, the sharp edge gets dull and good is good enough. Why? Because companies forget that bigger is not always better. That politics crush people, innovation, and creativity. And before you can say rotten corporate culture, social media posts are infecting your business. The answer? It's not just your corporate strategies, it's your corporate culture. Excellent companies know that bad culture eats great strategies for breakfast. These guys really get it. Whether you're a family biz or a Fortune 500 or a new biz and want to get it right, Excellent Cultures can bring you back to awesome because they get it. What they know for sure? You don't need another consultant. Excellent Cultures gives you what you need 
to get what you want. Bottom line business results that last. How do they do it? With successful business leaders as coaches and proven scientific data. They read your company's culture from inside out. Think MRI. They give you fast, accurate bottom line tactics. They don't treat symptoms, they go for the cure. Based on science, they reveal the hearts and minds of your people using proven and concise data, not warm and fuzzy psychobabble. And here's the kicker. You get supervisors who coach and inspire, workers who love their work, and everyone, that's everyone, not just the boss, takes ownership and accountability. It just doesn't get much better than this. And if you're wondering if excellent cultures works, just ask a few of their grads. Don't let the culture monster eat your strategy for breakfast. Check it out for some free advice from one of their experts now or start it yourself with their complimentary online business culture MRI. We're back, everybody. Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM and ExcellentCultures.com, iTunes, Stitcher for the, I, uh, the Android users. And uh, our guests today are Tom and Sean Hoban, Notre Dame brothers uh, from Coast Real Estate Services. Steve, do you want to go right into Coach's Hat since well, we got I a wonder, shorter I, section I, I here? One other question I wanted to ask first. Um, you know, you guys have obviously, you know, been, been there, done that. Uh, no one's ever heard of a, an organization your size or larger reorganizing to the extent that you did and not losing any people and basically having every single business metric, you know, go up, you know, revenue up 10%, uh, cash flow up 54%, you know, a 225% return on investment on the project. I mean, these are, are, you know, some would call these results, you know, miraculous. And the fact that you're on track now to even double again what you've done, what the question that I would ask is, uh, what are the trouble signs that, that other leaders who are looking to, you know, they need to reorganize their business because, you know, growth or whatever reason is causing it. A reorgan- reorganization needs to happen, and you know, just to keep moving on the path that they're on. What are the trouble signs that, that they should look out for? And what are the trouble sign- signs or kind of culture derailers that could, you know, pop up and sabotage you that you're not even looking for that happen unknowingly? Well... Sean, you want to take a run of that? Yeah, I think there's some, um, you know, certainly there's some sort of financial uh, measurements that 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 you know might might be uh, evidence of of uh, of some of that. You know, you can look at growth and profitability and you know client retention and some of those things that might uh, reflect a, a culture that that may not be performing at its highest level, but. But really, I think it's about the people, and and um, you know when if if you if you're able to go out and compete for the best and brightest uh, uh, folks, then you know you know you've got an organization that um, um, you know that is that is performing at a high level, uh, particularly if it's not just driven by um, you know by the paycheck and and compensation. When when you can create an environment where people see themselves. Fitting in and 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 having the the growth opportunity not only just from a financial perspective but but in terms of their own uh, reward for um, you know for the work that they do and 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 challenging themselves on a day to day basis 
you know, I think that that's as important as um, as really any of the of the financial metrics that you might you might find. I think um, you know, I think it's important to listen to the market and listen to your clients and listen to your competitors and understand um, you know what's happening out there to uh, and where it's having an impact on your organization. I think you know, one of the things that we found when we um, uh, you know when we were sort of preparing to 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 take this next step was that. Um, you know, we had some folks in the organization who were who were kind of bumping up against a, a bit of a of a of a ceiling, and and you know they had the skills and they had the expertise to do more, uh, but we had to create an environment where the where the organization was growing at a level that could keep, keep pace with um, with their skills and 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 really their their career goals, uh, and so you know a lot of it was was put on ourselves to be able to. Um, uh, position the company in a, in a way that that they could grow and that the organization uh, could benefit from that and and the skills and the leadership and part of it, as Tom said, is you know he and I are kind of at a stage of life where um, you know we're we're, we're going to be empty nesters soon and and I think a lot of uh, you know what happens in your career is a reflection of what's happening in your personal life and so we were at a stage where. Um, you know, we've accomplished a great deal of what we wanted to accomplish to get our kids raised and happy and healthy and educated and all that in the world. Um, and and so now it was time to kind of, you know, double back and, and take a look at the business again and say, okay, you know, it, it, it it's ready for that next step. And what does that next step look like? And, and how do we how do we get there? And, and quite frankly, I don't know that we could have made the transition without some some you know third party outside help uh, that that we got from excellent cultures. It was you know it's one thing to um, to draw a five year business plan up and roll that out to your people and say this is where we're going. Uh, come along with it. It's another to have you know uh, again an endorsement and and some co- coaching and some direction from an outside organization that that validates what you're doing and says yes this is okay and. You know, here's here's some of the growing pains and some of the pitfalls you're going to come across as you make that transition, and that's normal and that's okay. And and you know, people are going to be stretched and people are going to be challenged, and there's going to be uh, tough times for everybody in this process. But as long as we're all aligned in what the mission and the vision and the and the real goal and objective is of of the plan, um, you know, we can all get there uh, together. Well, you guys have sure done it. You've sure done it. So, Tom, put, put your coach's hat on. Coach's hat. You know, and if and if you were going to, uh, you know, leave some sound advice to other business leaders who are entrepreneurs who are on the track that you're on uh, from a standpoint of everything we've talked about today, uh, what advice would you give them? Well, I, I, I'm a little old-fashioned this way. I think that those of us who call ourselves business leaders um, – need to really work on us. I think people today, uh, I, I don't buy this notion that millennials are flaky or that they're, you know, they're, you know if you want to look at the workforce and see what human beings want at any stage in their life, it's safety and security. And they want to be able to trust whomever they're being led by, yeah. period. That's never changed. And, and to buy into all these new ideas that everybody's different, millennials think different, and they're distracted all the time or they keep, you can't count on them, that's hogwash. Human beings haven't changed since the caveman days in those regards. They still want to be protected. They want to feel safe where they work. They want to be treated well. They want 
be treated with dignity. None of that's changed. So I say get old-fashioned with it. Go back to the basics that you know work and have worked over time, and then humble up a bit. This isn't about us. This is about all of us. Beautiful. Yeah, well said. Sean, how about you? Coach's hat, what advice would you leave to other business leaders that they can do that will make the kind of difference that you guys have made? Yeah, I, I think it's about clarity. I think it's about um, it's about uh, you know painting the picture of of what the future looks like. Uh, and, and and as Tom said, that's about uh, you know that's about safety. If they know where they're going and they know what the plan is, then then it takes a lot of risk and it takes a lot of concern out of the equation for them. So I think you know it's 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 upon every leader uh, to. Uh, to to define to to describe and to consistently uh, reinforce what that future is for their organization and and that doesn't mean that it has to go down that path but if you if you focus on you know things like what 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 are your values as an organization what is the what is the mission what is the vision what where where is this organization going to be ten years and that and that could change depending on where the market takes it and competition and all the things that are going to happen and get thrown at you but if you boil it all down to what your core principles are and where you really bring value to the customer and where you bring value to your employees uh then i think that that um you know that takes away a lot of the concern uh that that uh you know that people might have about their position within that organization it's beautiful i'm a hoban fan (laughs) those two things i always have been those two things go old school (laughs) <laughs> Realize we all got common human desires. Clarity, be clear. It's yeah. beautiful. We, you, I'm not. A, I don't know if I'm a Notre Dame fan, but I'm a Hoban fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't be a Hoban fan and not a Notre Dame fan. You know, the the Irish have have their own methodology of turning a service culture yeah. into high performance yeah. and kicking everybody's butt That's when it right. comes to playing sports. That's right. Well, whatever. <laughs> Go dogs. Uh, we got to <laughs> We got to take a break, guys. Thank you. Stay on the line. We'll chat with you right after we sign off. We'll be right back. Okay. Awesome. Hey, guys, you've been listening to Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM. This is uh, again Zach Gandra with Steve Gandra. Come, give us an email. Come to the workshop in July uh, 22nd, uh, 21st and 22nd. You can sign up right now at excellentcultures.com. Check out Coast Tom and Sean and, and the team at coastmanagement.com as well. And uh, if you have a question for us, send us an email. Ask the experts at excellentcultures.com. From iTunes to Stitcher to Clay 1180 AM and com. We're out. Thank you for listening.